ahead on set. Rolling. Action. Action. Hello. Hello. Welcome, Welcome back. back. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Movie Review here yes. in NCOT. And my name is Sebastian. And Caitlin. And today we'll be reviewing a movie that we saw not on theaters but on HBO Max, but it did go to theaters. It's called Death on the Nile. Yes. So this movie actually came out February 11th, so we're a little bit a late to the game. Um, but like he did say, it is on HBO Max if you do happen to want to watch it after we give a review. It was directed by Kenneth Branagh. I think that's how you say his name. Uh, it went to the box office and it made $137 million. And it was adapted from a book called Death on the Nile by Agatha Christie. So in case it sounds familiar to you, that is where it comes from. It stars Gal Gadot as like our, I guess you could assume one of our main girls uh, who plays Lynette Ridgeway. Um, our director, or not director, detective, um, Hercule Poirot, I think that's how you say it, <laughs> uh, is but played by Kenneth Branagh, aka the director. Um and Simon Doyle, which is Gal Gadot's character's husband, is played by Army Hammer. Uh, so there's a lot of other really great actors in here, um, but those are pretty much like our main guys right now. So let's go into a summary awesome. of what happened. Yeah, great. So as a big opener to the film, which is barely touched on as we get to the rest of the film, is Poirot is... I believe it's World War One, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. um, and he's in the trenches with the other French army people, um, and he they're given like a task, but he wants to disobey it um, in an effort to try to save people's lives and succeed better. It results in him getting seriously injured and having this scar yep. that needs to be covered by this <clears throat> huge mustache that he grows. Um, and you also meet his love interest. Um, but we don't really know what ends up happening as we get launched into the 30s, which is where we meet the rest of our band of characters and the rest of the film takes place in this time. So we have, we have a woman who is best friends with Lynette Ridgway. Let me pull up her name. Um, this one's going to be very important. So this woman is Jacqueline, uh, and she's played by Emmy, Emma Mackey. Um, and she basically approaches Lynette and says, like, I've met this really great guy. I want you to meet him. I... Like, we're going to get married for sure. And Lynette is like, sure, yeah, I can try to hire you. Um, And that is Simon Doyle, who she ends up meeting. So Simon and Jacqueline are clearly in love. You see them dancing. But when Simon meets Lynette, it's like, whoa, sparks fly. And there's this sort of intense dancing scene where you see like oh gosh like mm-hmm. sparks are like flying you know what's coming. yeah so as we then go into more of the future we are on simon and lynette's um honeymoon so they have just gotten married they seem to be deeply in love and now they are heading to egypt and onto the nile to celebrate their honeymoon with the rest of their wedding party um so the people included on their wedding party is so, there's this Dr. Ludwig. He 
formerly was involved with Lynette uh, romantically, but it didn't work out, but he was invited to the party. Um, we have a character, Andrew, who Lynette considers a cousin, um, but is mostly involved in helping her with her affairs because she's extraordinarily wealthy, and so he helps her sign a bunch of contracts. Um, there's book, which I forget exactly how he relates to the wedding party, but they're definitely all good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> book is romantically involved with a woman by the name of Rosalie, whose mother is Salome. And Salome is this gorgeous singer um, that we meet who sang the song that Lynette and Simon danced to at the beginning. Yep. And Salome was also invited. Uh, so she brings her daughter, Rosalie. Now, Book's mother, um, Euphemia, doesn't like the relationship at all. Um, so that caused a little bit of tension. Um, we find out later that Euphemia actually hired Poirot to investigate Rosalie to see if she was a good match for her son. Um, next we have Louise, which is pretty much Lynette's, like, personal assistant, maid, that sort of thing. She helps bring everybody's luggage onto the boat. Um, and then we have Mary and Mrs. Bowers. Um, again, I can't really remember exactly how they relate to the other characters, but they are still good friends. Um, and we do find out that they, they, both of them are romantically involved within each other. So this is basically our main cast of people, all of whom are going to be accused of the death that occurs on the Nile. Um, so we find out while on the honeymoon, um, Perot, uh, introduces himself to Lynette and Simon as he sort of stumbles upon the wedding party as he also is in Egypt, you know, investigating Book uh, and Rosalie. And Simon and Lynette reveal to him that they have been stalked by Simon's ex, Jacqueline, that we met at the beginning. She has been following them throughout their entire time as a couple and have now followed them to Egypt. And Lynette's very concerned that she's going to ruin their honeymoon. So after a little bit, he's able to talk to Jacqueline, who admits that she owns a gun and that she is convinced that Simon is still deeply in love with her and wants him for herself. So he obviously, after seeing this, is deeply concerned. He knows something is going to go wrong. So he agrees to help out Simon and Lynette by also accompanying them on their honeymoon trip to ensure that everybody is safe. Um, So they head onto this boat um, and they jet off onto the Nile, and they see some touristy spots, um, and Lynette sort of reveals to Perot that she doesn't really feel <coughs> safe with any of her wedding party. She sort of feels off about the entire thing, uh, and that also gets him concerned. On one of their stops while on the boat, um, this rock comes down right onto where Simon and Lynette are they were kissing. about to engage in sexual yeah. activity. Um, so that rock could have, that boulder pretty much is what could have crushed them and killed them. So she freaks out and panics, but Perot is pretty much taken aback. He did not see this coming. Um, and for the most part, it seems like everybody's taken account for us. He doesn't really know who to blame for this. So then we get to this fateful night where Jacqueline has found her way onto the boat. Everyone is concerned. How did she get on here? How did she sneak her way on, especially since it's been a couple of days since they were back at the original port. Um, so 
there comes this sort of tense standoff between Jacqueline and Simon. Lynette goes off to bed. Jacqueline and Simon fight, and that's when Jacqueline takes out her gun, shoots Simon in the leg, and proceeds to try to kill herself out of despair. Um, everyone involved, Book and Rosalie, were in the room seeing this happen, and they go to try to get help. Um, I believe it's Mrs. Bowers, who is the doctor on board, one of the doctors on board, she tries to help and console um, Jacqueline so she doesn't end up killing herself. Um, and then Dr. Ludwig um, goes to treat Simon for his gunshot wound. Um, so it seems pretty straightforward. Everyone's accounted for. But in the next morning, Louise goes to Lynette's bedroom um, and screams at the sight of finding Lynette's dead body. She was killed by a gunshot wound to, I believe, the temple, uh, on her forehead. So, now we're all confused. We did not, personally, honestly, I kind of figured this would happen. I don't know about you. It was definitely Lynette or Simon was gonna get killed. We knew that from the get-go. Yeah, I was trying to, like, think ways that it could not be Lynette or Simon, Mm -hmm. because... It would be like, you have Gal Gadot as your protagonist. Why would you kill her off in the yeah. middle of the movie? Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, <laughs> they did kill her off. And she's just a corpse for the rest of the film. Um, and so, Pierrot is now pretty much just absolutely taken aback. And he now has to figure out who killed her. And he does this by doing interviews. Um, so, first he interviews Louise, who is in the same room with Simon and Book as she's giving her, I guess, testimony. Um, And she reveals that she potentially could have seen the killer leaving the room. And Simon's like, okay, it's okay. I'll make sure that you're okay. It'll be fine. Uh, He proceeds, um, Perot proceeds to interview the rest of the, the gang. Everybody pretty much had an issue with Lynette. That's how we find out, um, that the doctor was, Dr. Ludwig was basically, like, still miffed about not being of romantic interest for Lynette, but he didn't really have any animosity that would uh, lead him to killing her. We find out that Andrew was the one who threw the boulder onto Simon and Lynette, um, attempting to kill them. We find out, that's also where we find out that Marie and Mrs. Bowers are romantically interested in each other. Um, but Mrs. Bowers insists that, yes, Jacqueline was with her that night. I did not have anything to do with Lynette's death. Um, Salome and Rosalie admit that Lynette had some racist tendencies in the past, but that she became friends with Rosalie in school, and so it seems a lot of that animosity is also behind them. Um, and Book as well, he doesn't seem to have much involvement in this, minus just the concern that his mother hired a personal detective to see if the woman that he loved, um, was sort of bad for him or not. Um, and obviously people are still, I personally was still concerned about Jacqueline. I, I just feel like she's really sneaky. I was convinced that she was the one that came into the room and shot her. Um, I don't know about you, if you felt that way about any particular character who you thought did it. I thought that any of them could have done it because I felt Mm -hmm. like it was too obvious who was going to be the one to be the killer. Because up until that point, it was all like, Jacqueline's did it, Jacqueline did it, yeah. So I figured Mm -hmm. that it will not be her just because it was too obvious. Mm Mm-hmm. The way they actually got to revealing who it was was actually pretty good. Yeah. And anyway, it was still pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. And it felt like creative in a certain way. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so 
As they go through the story, Louise is found dead. I believe her throat was slit, if I'm not mistaken. That's how she died. Yeah. Uh, and her body um, got washed up within the internal mechanisms of the boat. Um, that freaked everybody out. Uh, and Perot is now convinced that someone on board definitely did it because of the testimony that she gave. And also, someone saw her being interrogated um, by a person in a cloak. Uh, possibly even given, being given money to be quiet. Um, I forget who said that they saw her. Um, that might have been Book, actually. Um, so, people are on high alert now. And Perot interviews Book, who actually admits that he found Lynette's body first and decided <clears throat> to steal a necklace yeah. um, that is worth probably millions of dollars with how gorgeous the jewels on it are to run away with Rosalie. Um, but as Book is talking about how he might have seen Louise being interrogated, a gun appears and shoots him square in the head, killing him instantly before he can reveal who he saw talking to Louise. Now Pierrot is... He's being... A targeted by everybody on the ship saying like you're not doing enough because people are dying but honestly i can understand why this is happening because you can't control everything on the he's ship. also not a wizard he's also not a wizard uh, but that's what he basically shuts all the doors and has everybody in the same room and decides to go through each specific person um and it is then revealed that simon and jacqueline worked together to kill lynette um, so basically how it happens is Simon steals Euphemia's red paint, um, and puts it on a nap, like a napkin sort of thing. Jacqueline fires, I believe it is a blank that she yep. fires. She fires the gun at him, but not actually striking Simon. So that he's able to take a tissue with red paint on it, hold it to his knee and just freak out about it. Um, so Book and Rosalie help. Um, Jacqueline out of the room as she's freaking out. Mm -hmm. Jacqueline leaves the gun. So, Book and Rosalie are not keeping an eye on Simon while Simon's able to take the gun, go upstairs, kill Lynette while she's sleeping, run back downstairs, um, able to take a scarf, I believe it was Mary's scarf, if I'm not mistaken, wraps it around <laughs> the gun, so that it has like a silencer in that mm -hmm. sense, shoots himself in the knee so that he actually has a gunshot wound, uh, and all in the amount of time that it takes, no, and he's able to discard the gun and the scarf, yeah. all in the time it takes for Dr. Ludwig and Book to come back to help him recover from his gunshot wound. Um, so Simon and Jacqueline then are revealed to have still been in love, have orchestrated this entire thing to, I guess, take Lynette's fortune and run off together. Um, yeah. but then Jacqueline and Simon, now. yeah, Jacqueline and Simon decide to both commit suicide, to have a gun placed on Simon's back, to shoot through him and into Jacqueline, killing them instantly, and everyone on board is just shocked. And pretty much how the movie ends. We yeah. sort of see in the future, Pierrot decided to shave his mustache. Pierrot had a side romantic affair sort of thing with Salome, but she didn't really reciprocate any of it, and he didn't have the chance to really tell her that he was in love with her. Um, so there's hints that maybe, maybe they'll become... A couple, potentially. Yeah, it seems like it at the to... end of the movie. Yeah. And it also shows that this card that he has mm -hmm. is actually in the shape of a mustache. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's pretty much the film. Um, like I said, they 
had it from the beginning that Jacqueline would be the one to do yeah. it. I am happy that it wasn't just her. I thought that little twist was really nice. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Some of it was just a little bit obvious. Some of it wasn't. I didn't ever suspect Simon. I do to believe a the movie extent. was like really, really slow. Yeah. Like and... it took a long time for the first kill to happen. Yeah. And I feel like it didn't need to take that long, especially since the whole point is to investigate the killing. Um, I don't know if that's just how the book is written. And they felt the need to highlight the beginning of the book more. Uh, also, Pierrot's, like, whole backstory, I felt just wasn't really necessary. A bit unnecessary, yeah. I, I could not see how it related to his current investigation in this case. Um, especially the whole thing with, like, the war and him being, like, such, like, a great detective. Like, I just, I can't, I just can't see how that was justified. Um, but I thought the cast of characters was great. I thought... There was a good suspicion with all of them. Yeah. Um, and definitely, as I was sitting here thinking about, is it Lynette or Simon going to die? I was also thinking, like, How? who's going to kill them? Who has more of a motive? Um, and, yeah, so I didn't think it was bad. So how many clapboards out of five would you give this film overall? Oh, my goodness. Three. Three? Why? I don't know. I think I will not watch it again because mm-hmm. I feel like it took a lot from me. It was yeah. interesting, but I prefer watching Knives Out. Mm. Oh, yeah. 100% would rather watch Drives Now. I guess you could compare the two because it's sort of the same sort of situation where someone's dead and you have to interview everybody. But that one had so much more style. It was funny. Mm -hmm. There was a good development of the plot. This one just didn't have any of that. Um, It was an interesting movie. All right for one-time watch. I couldn't even get myself to watch it all the way through. Like, we watched, like, 45 minutes of it, and then we didn't watch it for almost a week. Like a week week. after that, yeah. And I was just like, oh, we have to actually finish it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was just, like, not interested. I I still give it three out of five because I liked the twist. But it was just so slow that I just couldn't get myself to read more into it. Rolling Stone, though, said, Death on the Nile and the Curious Case of the Accused Cannibal Cancelled Movie Star. Um interesting um so it goes on to say there are many mysteries swirling in and around death in the nile director star kenneth Branagh's second attempt after 2017's murder on the orient express to sell agatha christie's master sleuth hercule perot and by extension a larger perot verse to a new generation of old people let's not try to kid ourselves here this is a film franchise designed to appeal to adults who may or may not be interested in superheroes and droids but still want to go to movies that weren't shot on iphones and it should be embraced as such um, so it goes into more about how the film was set up. Um, so yes, Knives Out proved that if you deposit a dead body in the middle of a mansion and get an idiosyncratic detective to go full me- men- metal Sherlock on a marquee mm-hmm. named suspects, moviegoers were come. Ryan Johnson's movie is a perfect blend of genre homage and gentle ribbing of the mustiness of these drawing room thrillers and an ungodly amount of fun. Niles' tale of a honeymoon trip that finds Perot investigating who's responsible for that exquisite corpse several cabins over is designed as a dual throwback, however, to both Christie's 1930s scenario and the mid-70s, early 1980s movies based on them. It's a gorgeous throwback at that, and with a drill-worthy art deco production design, though it also comes perilously close to making you feel like you stepped onto a vintage amusement park ride, Egyptian Adventure Cruise, complete with cobras, crocodiles, and underground tombs. Um, So they really liked it. They like the production design. Um, so I mean, I do think the production design itself was really pretty. It was pretty. The sets were well done, and Egypt was mm-hmm. really nice. Yeah, I think overall, the production design, the look of the image, eh, beautifully done. 
Oh, now I see why. Um, <laughs> I was just reading further on into the argument why they mentioned uh, cannibalism. And it's because Army Hammer is the main, like, one of the main lead guys. Because Army Hammer was accused of having a cannibal fetish. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's apparently not going to go away from him. I was wondering why they added that in the title. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. We live in this world, however, and while it may seem unfair to fixate on one bad actor at the expense of an entire project, no movie exists in a vacuum. <laughs> I guess I can understand that. I, yeah, I totally forgot about that. But I remember hearing about that. I don't remember hearing about that. You don't watch enough uh, drama channels as I do. I don't watch news <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> but yeah, it seems like they liked it. Whether the solution is uh, to the curious case of the cannibalism accused stars unknown, of course, and short of reshooting the entire thing, um, the best op- option was to simply release this go, what scandal, and move on. Death on the Nile has its joys and flaws apart from the army, hammy fa- army hammer factor, and it's almost like trying to assess whether the appetizer course could have been slightly undercooked while an elephant stampedes over the whole dinner table. <laughs> you don't even need your little gray cells to see that even when things do sync up, its legacy as a mystery movie, Mulligan, is already underway. Okay. Interesting. It seems like they liked it, but they, didn't, they just didn't approve Army Hammer being a part yeah. of it. Um, so my next review is from Common Sense Media, which I see now is, like, for parents that want to watch this with their kids. Hmm. You go on to I this I think website. that might be important. Um, so they have parent reviews and kid reviews. For In general, they gave it a three out of five stars. A lot Same. of them said that there's too much <coughs> sex and too much violence. What? Um, and I was reading through this a little bit earlier, and it just was like, there's sexual dancing and sexual innuendos that weren't really present as much in the book that they didn't mm-hmm. like. I don't know about that. I'm not quite sure. I There's moments, but we never see a sexual act happening. Not at all. And also, you have to remember that we're on a honeymoon. Yeah. That's kind of implied that something's going mm. to happen sexually. And they're just dancing. Yeah, like, if they wanted to do anything with that, they didn't. Um, so I don't think it was that bad. Too much violence, I don't agree with either. Just because a lot of the violence and the killings happen off-screen. Off-screen, for sure. And even the most violent act happens and it was a relatively blank. quickly. Well, no, 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 I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about the, the suicide. Oh, yeah, no. That happens relatively quickly, and it's not it's not like a really awful suicide mm-hmm. where, say, someone puts a gun into their mouth. This is through the back to the point where you almost wonder, could that really kill you? Could the bullet really travel through like that? It's like... Through two bodies. Yeah, and kill them both instantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, like, it, that death was like, oh, they're hugging each other. As their corpses fall onto each other. Like, it just wasn't the same as, like, a super graphic, bloody mm-hmm. suicide that worse. you could have made instead. Avengers is worse, I think. Yeah, I think Avengers is so much worse than that. Like, yes, there's, like, murder and suicide that you should talk about that happens in this film and you should be prepared to see. But it's not... It's not a lot it's of It's not violence. super graphic compared to others that I've seen. So I don't really agree that it was too much. One of these kids actually said that they liked the book better, and I just thought, how did you read the book? Like, I would have <laughs> never read the book. I've never been interested in reading any of Agatha Christie's stuff. But yeah, so that's that's largely the consensus. Um, okay. 
The last one I have is, is from Polygon.com that says Death on the Nile is a good old-fashioned mess of a movie. Um, so, yeah. Agatha Christie's beloved detective isn't a synonym for mysteries and solving them in the same way Sherlock Holmes is, but is but his brand, it's strong. Um, so, I'm guessing that Piero was in Murder of the Orient yeah. Express. That was in 2017. I think it's interesting that they bring Kenneth, a different character back. They're bringing him back, but it's also still Kenneth, the, the director, director yeah. who's starring as practically the main character. Which I think he did great. I think he did great. I, I didn't, I had no idea about that. Um, so it talks a little bit about these, the whole um, Perot-verse as another article. So I guess claimed. overall what these articles are all saying is mm-hmm. that this might be marketed to a more, an older audience perhaps. I can definitely see that. Maybe someone that's, um, that knows the book itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I said, I've never wanted to read Agatha Christie's stuff. It never appealed to me, and I think it's because like, these books were written mm-hmm. to, like say, my parents' generation or to your parents' generation. Like, it wasn't really our thing. Yeah. Like, it's a classic murder mystery, but no one at, at our age really writes or reads. It's like a different approach to like, that, like no. they mentioned Sherlock Holmes, perhaps the Sherlock Holmes yeah. uh, show. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different approach to that uh, of a detective. Yeah. Um, it says it's largely faithful to Christie's novel, at least in broad strokes. Branagh's adaptation from a script by Michael Green makes several tweaks that bring it into continuity with the previous film. The original novels weren't in sequence and underline the book's class consciousness. In this version, for example, Salome Otterborn is a blues singer instead of a romance novelist, and her niece hmm. manager, Rosalie, is in love with Book, a relationship Book's mother, Euphemia, is suspicious of due to the wealth Book stands to inherit. And Euphemia is too well-mannered to say that out loud, <laughs> but it's also because of Rosalie's race. I see that. Um... So it says, while the film is slow moving and at times turgid, whatever that means, it takes on love as class warfare, giving it a compelling mean streak that's fun to think about, even when it doesn't unfold on screen in the most compelling manner. Beautifully presented and lavishly designed, Prana's vision is hamstrung by a large cast that leaves too many characters underdeveloped and a slow pace that may make viewers feel like they're trapped on the car arc with, the, with said cast, but not in a good way. I can agree. <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> Definitely can agree with that. I feel like all in all, I was just going to say... I'm not going to say don't watch it. If you have some extra time, watch it. Might as well. If you have HBO and you have some extra time, it's right there. Just give it a go. Mm -hmm. You might like it. You might like it for once. That's it. I can't say that the twist was enough to justify waiting so long to see it. Mm -hmm. Um, But the twist was still satisfying enough that I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Like, I was just like, oh. It wasn't like I was mad at the ending. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like I wished it was somebody else. Like, who did it made sense. And it, like, there wasn't much telling you that it was Simon. Like I said, all of it was pretty much pointing to Jacqueline. Especially when she appeared on the boat, you knew something was going to go down. Um, Same thing for Lynette dying. I can't say it was obvious that it was going to be her. You know, with all of this stuff pointing to Jacqueline yeah. doing it, you can only assume that she was going to kill Simon because mm-hmm. she wanted to be with him. But, again, that would have been too obvious. So, I, I'm i glad of the things that they did. I just think they took too long to do them. For sure. Well, yeah, that was it from us. You can follow our podcast at Encot the Podcast on Instagram, and you can follow me at Sebas Alip on Instagram. And you can follow me at Kate Johnston 622 on Instagram as well. 
Thank you so much for being here with us today, and we hope to have you have you again later on this week. Yeah. See you guys later. Bye. And, and cut. cut.